Who's going to be the quarterback? Who's going to be the quarterback? Go get Aaron Rodgers. Go get, I don't know, Jimmy Garoppolo or Carson Wentz or something. All anyone wants to talk about is the quarterbacks. How about who they're going to be throwing to? Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates where you found this. Juju Smith-Schuster is most likely a goner through free agency. James Washington is a slam dunk goner through free agency. Deontay Johnson will still be here. Chase Claypool will still be here. Ray Ray McLeod will still be here whenever the Wally World ship takes off and repopulates us in another solar system. You will not be getting rid of Ray Ray. But that's it, man. That is it. And all we fixate on is Mason Rudolph, Dwayne Haskins, or whoever would come in from the outside, who are they going to throw to? Say what one will about how this group of receivers disappointed in 2021. I'm with you on that. I'm not regretting the loss of Washington or the breakup of the band, but... At least entering this past season, you knew what you had. And part of what you had was hope. There appeared to be something of a high ceiling. Deontay was going to be that number one receiver. And you know what? For the better part of the season, he was. I know where his stats ended up. I know they still looked like that after the 17th game. But I also know how he faded, and how, to be blunt here, when the team really needed him, he wasn't there. I know that occasionally Claypool would come up with a big catch, even a big run on one of those end-arounds. But I also know that he was one of the bigger letdowns at his position across the NFL, not just in Pittsburgh. And maybe most regrettably, I saw the living legend, can't bound franchise quarterback, who was still in house, Ben Roethlisberger, make what appeared to be a unilateral conscious decision to focus on Ray Ray. Look, there's a lot you could pin on Matt Canada. Most of it's negative, most of it's deserved. But when it comes to checking down, that's in your quarterback's hands. And Ben made no secret of the fact that he'd reached the point where he was trusting Ray Ray. He was looking around for 14, no matter what the situation was, no matter what the down and distance was, because he needed someone in whom he'd have some faith to hang on to the football and maybe make a little bit of a play after it. Well, now... It's just Deontay, Chase, and Ray Ray. And how do you address holes like that? 
This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by Point Park University. Choose from nearly 100 career-focused programs leading to bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees. Choose when and how you'd prefer to do that studying, whether it's at Point Park's gorgeous downtown Pittsburgh campus, whether it's online, maybe a flexible hybrid format would work best for you. Find out more about all of this at pointpark.edu. I'll tell you where I'd start with addressing the holes. The NFL draft. It's not going to be popular to suggest to anybody that the Steelers look long and hard at the wide receiver position. We see them getting them year after year after year, and it feels like at some point somebody ought to stick. And with Claypool so fresh and painful in the memory, because we saw what he was as a rookie early on and got all excited and start, you know, maple-troning him and everything else, and then he disappoints, that, that hurts. That can be deflating. At the same time, this is a league in which you need lots of wide receivers. And it's a league in which receivers make an impact in a way they've never made before. I don't know about you, but when I'm looking at the two teams that were just in the Super Bowl, I feel like both of them, the Rams and the Bengals, made their real ascent via Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase. Now, there are other guys out there on both teams. OBJ joined the Rams, made an impact. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. Tell me who the Steelers have in this category or close to this category. Nobody. Nobody. Deontay's not that guy. Deontay's going to be a nice number two, I think, over the course of his career, even if he addresses the inconsistencies. The comparisons that were made uh, early on uh, in his rookie year to A.B. were, even the ones that were limiting them just to his route running, were absurd. Were absurd and, and unfair, actually. There's only one A.B. But who's envisioning that Claypool's going to go have some monster offseason, become stronger, become more resilient on the football and fighting for it and coming down with it and not falling down all the freaking time? Who's seeing that? Who's willing to lay down a prediction that you're going to see a fierce version of Claypool? In 2022. Not me. Not me. Would love to. Not about to expect it. You can go to free agency, of course. The Steelers, as everybody knows, have a lot of cap money, but they also have a lot of positions that they need to spend that cap money on. And I'm underscoring the word need here, as in offensive line, defensive line, inside linebacker. Wide receivers can be expensive. Wide receivers are also available and plentiful in the draft. We've seen how deep these classes go. We've seen the preponderance of passing fancy football at the college ranks and the impact that's had on the depth of legitimately very good talent at the wide receiver position into the third round, even the fourth round. 
I'm not going to go so far as to suggest investing the first rounder, a number 20 overall pick in a wide receiver. Uh, At the risk of getting a little bit too boxed in to a position, man, it's got to be an offensive lineman, doesn't it? It's just got to be. But wide receiver can't be very far behind, especially in a year where you don't have star quarterbacks. When we come back, just one question. Q come from George. He asks, plain and simple, what the hell happened to Zach Banner? Well, George, Zach had a lot of things go wrong. The obvious one beginning in 2020 with the knee injury in East Rutherford, New Jersey. The long recovery from the surgery that would follow. The big frame that he had to carry around on that knee, which made his recovery and his path to it very different than Devin Bush's, as anyone with the Steelers would attest. And then from there, you look at how long it took Bush to recover and arguably never did fully recover over the 2021 season. And you can see what Banner had to go through. But... I also heard that over the course of the season, despite Banner showing up in exemplary shape that legitimately surprised Mike Tomlin and the coaching staff into training camp, he had a challenging time keeping weight off over the course of the season. This is a really big dude, even for an offensive lineman. And the irregular activity with what I have to presume would be a tough, tough mental challenge in being as deeply disappointed as someone who's as emotional as Zach would be, that's that's a lot. That's a lot going on. So that answers, I hope, at least to the best of my knowledge, what happened past tense to Banner. The question now is what happens moving forward with him? He's not going to be making $2.5 million again. There's no chance of that. He's not going to be either anointed or expected to be the starting right tackle. He's not going to be in a position to limit himself to one tackle position instead of being able to go back and forth because he's going to have to set himself up now to be more of a a John Liglu type, a Joe Haig type, someone who has to earn their paycheck from week to week or by bouncing around various practice squads. Uh, Definitely not saying this out of any malice. It's most unfortunate that this happened to him. Uh, This is a really, really cool dude. This is someone who's magnetic. Uh, Even as he was injured, 
I can tell you now we can talk about practices. They've long since been over. He was the guy on the field who was supporting his fellow offensive linemen, sometimes even jumping in and saying, hey, maybe you should do this or pumping them up a little bit. That can be an awkward position for someone who's not playing and who hasn't played in a long time. But he was there for that. This was a popular guy. Could the Steelers or should the Steelers try to talk to Banner and maybe bringing him back in some kind of significantly reduced role slash salary? I'd be open to it. We're not that far removed from the summer of 2020 when Banner was the very best offensive lineman on the field in training camp, despite having to go every single day against a very angry T.J. Watt to the point where the two of them kept getting into tangles again and again. If you can get the knee back to full strength, if he can pick up his spirits and pick up where he left off, that could be a pretty nice signing. But you got to be sure. you got to be sure if you're the Steelers. You really do. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. We will do another one tomorrow. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.